0: The losing streak continues as Boston College loses in the Bean Pot to Northeastern. We're going to talk about that, recruiting for football, and a whole lot more. All of this on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. I am also the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. Check out my work there. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has got you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, folks. Three to one, Boston College loses to Northeastern in the first round of the Bean Pot on Monday. It's Bean Pot Monday. Lots of fans, you know. This is a big day for the student body. It looked like they were nice and lubed up for this game. Uh, it looks like, you know, when you have that night game, the, the student section kind of gets themselves amped up for that. The game started off really poorly for Boston College. You know, they they go down two nothing. One of them was a power. One of the goals uh, was a early power play goal, and they let up another one. And Dop Eric Dop, their goalie, the transfer from Bowling Green, looked shaky to start the game but he he settled down he settled down boston college though they could not get anything past no, northeastern's goalie tj heptons felter septum health felter I'm, I'm i'm probably messing his name up this kid was the backup goalie for the huskies so he you know the goal, the starting goalie for northeastern he's off in the olympics they put this kid in and he stands on his head for three periods against BC. BC sco- had, at last I checked, I I, I I'm I'm, re- I'm recording this with like ten seconds left. They just scored their third goal. Um, he, he had like forty two saves. This kid was incredible against Boston College. And it, when you when you get a goalie that has a game like the Seppenfelder kid had, it's hard to win. So what happens here? This is just another loss. This is now nine in a row. And you know. It's hard to get the stats for college hockey uh, because, um, you know, there's not a ton out there for this kind of stuff. But Tom Karen on uh, Nesson put it out there that this is the long—I think this is now nine games in a row that Derry York has lost. And this is the longest losing streak he's ever had at Boston College. Now— why is Boston College Hockey playing so poorly? Well, I gave you some of the reasons before. I thought the defense has not been playing all that well, the, the goal tending. That wasn't the issue this game, and it wasn't the issue against um, UMass Lowell either. But, I, you know, you have to look at and be fair to the Eagles, too, because they lost a ton of talent last year. Spencer Knight, their starting goalie, gone. You lost Alex Bo- um Matt Boldy, excuse me, and Alex Newhook, your two top goal uh, goal scorers gone. You lose um, so you lose all this talent. You you then lose your second wave of talent, Jack McBain, Mark McLaughlin, and your starting defense your defensive player of the year from last year in Hockey East in Drew Hellison. So you have a ton of talent missing. Not to make excuses, but you can see why this team struggles. You can see why this team isn't playing like the Boston College team of old. Now, that being said, you never want to see Boston College losing nine games in a row. And, and losing the Beanpot is never, you know, where you want Boston College to be because this would have given them a chance to play BU. And instead, now Northeastern has become, like, the monolith of Hockey East in terms of these, these games. This is their fourth straight – they're going for four straight Beanpots because last year there was no Beanpot. Northeastern is going to get a chance to do it again. Um, against in B, against BU, and I know most of you fans out there probably are hoping that Northeastern wins again. But um, Boston College, they're gonna they're gonna go into the consolation game, which no one will probably watch. It's against Harvard, a team they just lost to two weeks ago. I mean, you have to look at it with the positive light, right? So this is a chance for BC to make amends for that lousy game that they lost a couple of weeks ago. So. Um, it was a tough loss. You know, they got their goal from, uh, Patrick Giles, Giles, excuse me. And they continued to hammer it. It was, it was anyone's game until Nikita Nezarenko made that uh, penalty at the very, very end. Like at that point, it was like, it's over. I mean, even when they had the odd rush, you were hoping that they could be able to kind of try to find something. But once, once they lost their man advantage because Nezarenko went down, that was it but Giles, you know, he had that goal. It was a nice that was a nice offensive play uh with a, I believe the assist was to Nezarenko as well. Um but BC did everything they could offensively and Hepton just was incredible. And there's nothing you can do but tip your cap when you have a goalie like that. I mean, there's not BC tried everything they could uh to get that offense going and, and it just wasn't working. It was it was a good win for Northeastern. You could tip your hat. I love the Beanpot. I've gone a bunch of times as a student. I went a couple of years ago. Uh, so t- total side note, I went a couple of years ago to my dad. My dad, you guys have heard on this podcast before. He's a big BC fan. And I got him Christmas. I got him Beanpot tickets because he really, really wanted to go. And it was Boston College in Northeastern. And I had this woman by herself through this whole gang going, let's go Huskies. Just by herself, no one else ch- chanting it with her for the entire game, and it cracked me up. And Northeastern won that game too, but um, that was just my experience to be part. And everyone has their own, right? You you know, you went with your friends. You went to halftime and got pizza beforehand. Uh, you you know, did you go to the fours when they were still around? You know, you had all those experiences if you were a Boston College student. It's it's one of those special moments, just like the um, the. The marathon, excuse me, on in April and uh, tailgating and the mods in, in the fall. You, you know, the Beanpot is one of those moments as a student that you just don't forget. Now, for those poor students, now that this is just this is going into the line of all the other lousy Boston College sporting events that have happened in the last decade. BC needs to pick it up And next year. Maybe when this team matures a little bit, they get a little bit more talent in there. You know. Um, I think that the, this the, this team could be something more to talk about. I mean, we're getting to the point now, though, where we have to start talking, is, is Jerry York going to even be here next year? I mean, he's getting up there in age. I mean, Jack Parker retired, what, four or five years ago? York is not a spring chicken. There's a possibility all the time that he could be, um, this could be his last beanpot. We don't know that, but it's something worth looking into. Uh, but in a moment, we're going to talk about recruiting, and I've got a, a couple updates on a few recruits that you're going to want to know about. But before we do that, BetOnline has got you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs, right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has got up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Head on over to Bet Online, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. We're going to talk a little bit about football recruiting now, as there's some more news that are going on with Boston College recruits that they're targeting. So a couple of weeks ago, Andrew Rappelia, a, a tight end from the area, he committed to Michigan and... It looks like he's still sticking with that. Josh Gaddis, their offensive coordinator, left uh, earlier this week to go to Miami and one of the most shocking news in the country. I mean, Gaddis was the Broyles Award winner for the past season as the offensive coordinator. Uh, He really revolutionized Michigan into one of the best teams in the country. Um, Will Rappley stick with Michigan now that it's just Harbaugh uh, and his position coach is gone, or will he he move on? It'll be interesting to watch. I'm I'm guessing he's going to stick with Michigan. I mean, you know, it, it, when you lose an offensive coordinator at that at a tight end spot, I mean, I'm I'm assuming Michigan will probably either like you know put you know someone like Mike Hart or, some, or someone else that's on their staff up, and probably someone that Rappleyea already knows. So I don't think it's that big of a loss there. Now, the bigger news that came out on Monday evening was that Preston Zinter, a linebacker from uh, Lawrence Academy in Boston or north of Boston, excuse me, if you don't know the area. He's going to make his decision on Friday. He's going to announce on CBS Sports HQ, I believe it is. You can find the info on Preston's uh, Twitter account. He put it up. And he's going to announce between he's got a whole bunch of schools, you know, Michigan State, Boston College, UMass, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and, uh, um, you know, LSU. He's got them all. He's a four-star recruit. He is obviously one of the bigger uh, commitments and, I mean, uh, recruits and I mean, when you look at what he is, you'd hope that Boston College has a chance. Now, kind of following what Preston, you know, I've talked to Preston. Um, he's visited Boston College a couple times. I know he was at a bunch of games this year, but he's also visited Notre Dame a bunch, too. Um, if I was leaning right now, I think he's going to end up with the Irish. Um, I think, you know, he's very, he seems very locked in with Notre Dame. And so. Um, I would guess that. And I know that his most recent visit, I believe, was to Anna, uh, not Ann Arbor, South Bend. So I think that he has you know, a good connection with them. So this is going to probably, I mean, if I'm guessing right now, probably be the second big um, recruit from this area that's going to end up with another school. And I don't want to get negative Nancy here, but Ronan Hannafin, he also seems like he's leaning Notre Dame right now. I would not put Samuel Okanlola as Boston Co- lean towards Boston College at all. I mean, he's got a million offers, so I don't know where he's going to land. I I know Boston College is doing their due diligence with him, but I mean, whew, look at that offer list <laughs> just to, to get get a feel of what he's he's going to be looking at. And then Joel N- Joe Nell Aguero, I think he's a Georgia lean right now. So you look at what Massachusetts has right now. There is you know five six four-star recruits. I've talked about this before. And I thought Boston College was in pretty good shape with a lot of these kids. That, you know, that they've done a lot of the the legwork. They've had them on campus. I mean, Ronan and Preston Zinter have been on a bunch. Andrew Appelio was on a bunch, too. So I'm not, sh- you know, I think they've done their their work to get them here. So the question remains then. What happens if Boston College whiffs on all these guys? Now, they've got a trio from Catholic Memorial Dutrail Jones, Jaden Skeet, and uh, Bubba Carr and two of those guys are four stars. So it's not like they're whiffing completely, but this is one of those like massive years in Massachusetts where there is a ton of talent. And if Boston College is batting, you know, two out of eight, so it's like 20%, or three out of eight, so it's like, you know, 30%, is that good? Well, I think what you need to look at and kind of get a perspective of where uh, Boston College is is at in terms of high school um, recruits, right? So you have to imagine, right, that these coaches, many of them, you know, whether it's uh, Central Catholic and Springfield or Lawrence Academy. I mean, Lawrence Academy is newish in the last couple of years. They just moved on from Jason Swepson, what, two years ago. Um, most of these coaches haven't been around forever. Um, so they've only been around a couple years and who do they know? Who, who has their bosses talked to? It's Steve Adazio and Frank Spaziani and their staff. Now I can tell you from talking to recruits, talking to these staffs, they did not do much in terms of endearing themselves with local schools. The local, local high schools do not have a good relationship with Boston college. And that's on the previous staffs. They just did not do a good job cultivating these relationships. And you can see it with the kids that just end up going to other programs because their coaches push them that way. Now, you go to a school – like if you go to a Georgia high school, obviously those those high schools are going to push kids towards Athens, towards Atlanta, to, to the schools that are more local or, or a- a- SEC schools that they have good relationships with. You don't have that right now in Massachusetts. Now – I think Jeff Halfley and his staff could fix that. But you have to put it in perspective again. 2020 would have been the perfect year for Halfley to get on the road and fix a lot of those problems. To mend some of those fences. To get them those coaches back on BC's side. But what happened in 2020? There was a pandemic that locked down everything. Halfley could talk to guys on Zoom. But you guys all know. You've been on business calls, I'm sure. It's not the same as being face-to-face. And the same thing with Halfley. He's much more engaging when you meet him face-to-face than he is over a Zoom call. So that put Boston College at a disadvantage because Halfley couldn't fix those relationships as quickly as I'm sure he probably wants to. Now, it's 2021 and 2022. He's had more of a chance. He had about half of 2021. I think they, was it like June, I believe it was, that they removed the the um recruiting dead time that they couldn't do that kind of stuff anymore. So he's had about a year uh, – about six months to fix things since he's been there. Uh, six months and then maybe, you know, like two or three months on the other end. So he's had less than a year. Again, not making excuses. I am just setting the context of where things are at. And so there are schools that had good relationships with BC. I mean, you know, Lawrence Academy, where Preston's Inter is coming from – I mean, you had Paul Zukakis there before, Jason Swepson. They were both BC guys, and I don't know the new guy. Uh, but you had good relationships there. I mean, Adazio did a nice job with Lawrence Academy, getting guys to uh, get to Boston College. Now you're just going to hope that Halfley and his staff can fix this because right now, you know, those those big marquee local recruits, it doesn't sound like many of them are going to be coming to Boston College. Now in a moment... We're going to talk about basketball news and everything else that you want to know about Boston College sports. But let's chat about our friends over at Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With all the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions – and wait while the person behind the corner orders your parts on your computer when you can have access to rockauto.com at home in your pocket and it's so much easier and convenient. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why spend up to 30, 50 or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Rock Auto is a family business doing serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, so they have the experience. And they are the perfect place to go for do-it-yourselfers or experienced auto workers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write locked on in there. How did you hear about this box that know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com This is Locked On Boston College AJ Black here. We're going to just get into some news items. There was a bunch of news that came out this week. the um, Biggest one had to do with BC basketball. Now, BC basketball, they're playing Syracuse this after, uh, this evening. They're returning home, uh, and this is a big game for Boston College against a Syracuse team that's playing exceptionally well. Uh, Syracuse had a really rough streak in the middle of their season. They've started to turn it around, and hey, any any chance BC can have to kind of pull an upset against their old Big East rivals, would be a good one. So we'll have to see how BC plays. Um, I'm sure they're going to love being back at home where they've played a lot better this season than they have on the road. Now, in terms of basketball as well, we know where Boston College is playing in their multi-team term tournament in 2022-2023. We're not even through the season, and we got to set that schedule up ahead of time. So this year, Boston College played in Daytona, Florida, in the Sunshine Slam. That was the, the games that they lost against URI and Utah, but they won one that was, like, associated with it. I don't even know how to explain it. Against Holy Cross at home, which was part of the Sunshine Slam, but it really wasn't. Um, but Boston College is going to get a little bit more of uh, some frequent flyer miles here as they're heading to the Virgin Islands to play in the Paradise Jam. They're going to play against uh, there's a six-team tournament with Belmont, Buffalo, Drake, George Mason, Howard, Weber State, and Wyoming. Some good teams in there. Wyoming is second in the Mountain West right now at 19 and 3. Belmont, who beat Boston College, I think it was 2 years ago, is 20 and 5. The Drake Bulldogs, who have one of my favorite um mascots of all time, Griff the Bulldog, if you ever follow him on social media, he's the best. Um they are 17 and 7. So as you can see, there and George Mason also is on the rise. So this they're not the like The Battle of Atlantis, like Kentucky and Dukes and all those schools. But this is a solid tournament for Boston College. I mean, for a season where Boston College, if you're looking at the trajectory of where this team should be next year, they should be looking to really improve and get themselves to the NIT, to being a bubble team, if that's really where they want to go, or at least getting better. And... When you put together a out of conference schedule like this, or out of conference uh, multi team tournament like this, you're starting to put together some pot potential big wins. So obviously they got to win these games, and we don't know who Boston College is going to play yet in this tournament. There's six teams they could match up with, you know, any of them, but. I think this is something that's... I think it's going to be great. And it's great for the team, too. I mean, they get to go to Virgin Islands. How awesome is that? It's going to be... Uh, they uh, Their uh, website said, on, on an average day in November, it's 86 degrees in the Virgin Islands with white sand beaches and all sorts of good stuff. So, I mean, good, good for the guys. I think they're going to have a great time there for this game. They... 15 degrees of separation, uh, Boston College news story. I just saw that Detroit Lions named Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, who I honestly did not even remember coached at Boston College, but he was a graduate assistant at BC in 2009 under Frank Spaziani. Uh, he was promoted to tight ends coach in 2011 and then went on to coach at the with Miami Dolphins in 2012. He was an offensive assistant. And then he um, continued being a coach with them until he ended up with the Detroit Lions in 2019. So congratulations to Ben Johnson. I, I you know, I followed the team back then. I just didn't know he was a coach for them. It just it was during those lean spaz years that I don't think many of us remembered much of that. It was just all um, trying to block that all from our memory. So the, congratulations to him. And uh, the, the coaching searches has uh, the coaching carousel, at least right now for the NFL, looks like it's over. I mean, the uh, Texans hired Lovey Smith, which I have no idea what they're doing, and then um, the the Saints hired Dennis Allen again. Don't know what they're doing. Um, I I'm just kind of underwhelmed with both of those hires. I mean, Lovey Smith just got fired from Illinois um, and was not very good, and Dennis Dennis Allen has a terrible track record in the NFL. I guess they're trying to hope that he can figure out something that he didn't get his first run, um, but. One name that didn't get hired was Brian Flores. And I'm not going to get into the whole politics of everything going behind it. But he just didn't get hired. So that's that's all I'm going to say about that. Well, thank you all for listening to today's show. On tomorrow's show, we're going to review the Syracuse game against Boston College. We'll dive into any Boston College sports news that you're going to want to know. So to make sure to check us out there. If you haven't done so already, follow us on YouTube. Just look up Locked On Boston College. It's easy to find us. Hit that subscribe button. It takes 10 seconds and it helps the podcast out tremendously. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack__BC or at on bc. I hope you all have a great evening and thank you all for listening. Take care, everyone.